Hey everyone, welcome. This is Rebecca checking in here. I am joined today by Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Oh, we've taken over the podcast now. (laughs) You'll never get it back. (laughs) (laughs) We're smashing the patriarchy. Not really, but in our own way, we do every day. But um, we are here today joined uh, by two very special guests. Very excited here. Uh, We get to interview a comic book creator. Um, We are joined today by Shelby and her dad, Jason. Welcome to the podcast, Shelby and Jason. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. Great to be here. Awesome. So here's the deal, everybody. Um, Shelby is a young lady. Shelby, do you mind if I ask how, how, how old you are again? I'm 13. 13. Melissa, what were you doing when you were 13? Honestly, I can't remember is how unproductive it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same same for me. Um I was doing a lot of nothing, but Shelby has been doing a lot of something. Uh Shelby, can you tell everybody um what you've been doing for the last couple years? So, I have started writing a comic book. And started my own business with the comic book and traveling the United States with it, going on interviews like this and stuff on the news. Just a lot of, a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of fun work. Fun work. Okay, fun work is cool. Um, so, yeah, this is why we're so excited to talk to you because, uh, number one, we love comics. We love talking to comic book creators, but... Someone as young as yourself is super exciting to talk to. So um, the name of your comic is Sugar Glider. And uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, your your character Sugar Glider, who she is and what she does. So Sugar Glider is about Jordan McKenzie, a high school student who one day goes into the mountains. While she's up there, there's a meteor shower that gives her powers of super speed, height metabolism, and an enlarged empathy. That enlarged empathy helps to deal with the antagonists in the story, which are personifications of problems that teens face. Uh, the one we are focusing on in this specific story arc is self-image, but we will be doing other ones like peer pressure, mental illness, bullying, LGBTQ, suicide, etc., etc. But sugar, sugar Glider, instead of beating up the antagonists and putting them in jail like your typical average superhero, she wants to help them with whatever it is they're going through. So that's like a real big difference, right? Because usually in comics, you've got your very clear good guys, bad guys, and the good guy shows up and beats up the bad guy and throws him in jail or whatever. Um, but your hero is very different. She tries to understand why people are doing what they're doing. Is, is that right? Yeah. That's so... She to help them with their problems instead of... Uh ignoring it and still saying that they're a bad guy even though they're struggling with something wow so can, t- tell us like a little bit about how you came up with this character like what were some of the influences in your life that led you to create this character and start writing comics so um in 2016 when i was in fourth grade um, my dad's best friend committed suicide and i was very close to him so i I became very depressed because of losing Dave so suddenly like that. And uh, during the the grieving period, uh, I was bullied very severely by a girl in my, my school. 
And I became anxious and stressed. I actually developed a stress ulcer because I was so terrified of encountering the bully. But um, as a coping mechanism, I started to write, which I learned, th- I learned that coping mechanism through therapy, which my parents put me into. So I started to write sugar glider as a coping mechanism, but then we decided that it could become become so much more. So that's where it came from, basically. Wow. So you've had like a lot of you've had a lot of big traumatic stuff happen so early in your life. And and, and was was writing always something that you turned to as a as like an outlet? Well, I hadn't really had a need for an outlet uh, up until that point, so no. But I did love to write. Uh, I actually, when I was in kindergarten, I actually had a friend who was a grade higher than me, and she knew how to spell better, even though it was still very sadly mediocre. She could still not spell big words. I think she still struggled to smell, spell even small words. But I had gotten her to write the books, and I would, like, draw and stuff, and I would... It was basically me writing through her because I couldn't exactly spell. So you've been writing comic books basically forever. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, specifically with the book that you're that you're working on now, um, just personally, I've always had difficulty kind of empathizing with bullies or empathizing with people who, um, you know... Th- project their their internal struggles like the antagonist in your book and I'm just wondering like was it a difficult journey for you to come to the point where you were writing those people in your comic book you know as also empathetic characters or as characters to um to help and and save was that uh, that was that hard for you to come to or you know what was that process like for you so um my mom actually started the idea of having the personifications for the antagonist. My mom actually is getting her master's in clinical mental health in a week. So, congratulations. (laughs) So she brought up the idea. She said, you know, Shelby, you struggled with all these issues and we, we showed the uh, bully empathy because we think that she was going through some problems at home or something. But, she says, you know, we could really make a difference with this thing that you're writing. And, well, how do we make a difference? Well, we could make the antagonist personifications as problems that teens face. And then Sugar Glider can help them. And then we could create a difference in the world with that. So it was kind of her idea. That's really incredible. And, you know, that part really resonated with me as well. And, you know, I'm I'm past the stage in my life where people are getting the opportunity to bully me. But I, you know, I really connected deeply with that, thinking about, you know, my experiences from when I was your age and, you know, throughout school and whatnot. So that's it's really incredible. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, that's a and and that's a great point, Melissa. Like sometimes it is it can be very hard to empathize with bullies or uh, people that we perceive to have, you know, quote unquote negative traits. But um, that that's something that also stuck out to me about Sugar Glider was that um, she goes beneath the surface. She doesn't just say, oh, this is a bad person. They're doing bad things. She goes beneath the surface to figure out what's really going on in this person's life. Because I think that's true of all of us, right? Like, we all have the capacity to do things that are not correct, 
if we ourselves are under some kind of pressure or um, outside influences, right, in our own life. Um, something else about this book that's really interesting is it heavily features a band called the Ex Ambassadors. And I thought that was really cool that they're part of this book. Um, how did you guys connect with this band to get them involved in this project? Well, I guess I'll uh, I'll go into that one. Um, okay. So uh, we we travel back and forth from our hometown into <laughs> quote unquote the city. Um, we're about three hours away from uh, any large city, and we travel there quite often for different things, including the comic book. Uh, and we have a lot of board meetings in the van kind of thing. And we talk about the comic book constantly. Uh, and one day I'm sitting in the front seat, uh, looking out the window and I remember something from my youth and that was the, the Scooby-Doo cartoons. Okay. And, I'm a and, big fan of those too. <laughs> the old okay, Scooby-Doo the, cartoons. Did you remember the old school Scooby-Doo cartoons where they featured a celebrity like Sonny and Cher? Oh, and yeah. The Harlem Globetrotters. Globetrotters. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I really liked that. And it expanded my horizons as a, as a child to say, who is Don Knotts? Who is Sonny and Cher? Who are the Globetrotters, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought, you know, that could that could still happen today. And so I turned to Shelby and I said, Hey Shelby, what would you think if we were to get a band or a celebrity to, to be in the comic book and, and help sugar glider to, to, to get that end result of, of getting them into therapy and getting them the help that they need. And so they can turn their powers to good. And, and uh, you know, she was, she was all on board for that. So then we started brainstorming of, of bands that she liked and, and uh, different celebrities that she liked. And uh, <clears throat> I have a background in, in marketing. My degree is in uh, business marketing mm -hmm. and I love to data mine. Uh, and so uh, once we had kind of a good list of, of people that we would like to invite into the comic book, it was just a question of finding the right contact and finding the, the agents or the company that they work with or whatever uh, and move through those lines. And eventually we, we got into the right hands with ex ambassadors and uh, we reached out to them and went over a few details of the comic book, which at that particular time wasn't even anything more than, well, we didn't even have a picture hmm. uh, of what the character would look like. We wow. just had a concept. Uh, and we pitched that to them. Uh, they really liked the idea. They came back um, and said, we'd love to do it. And then we've just kind of gone from there and, and been back and forth with them to, to talk to them about the storyline and the, the parts that they're involved in and, and just moving forward with that. And we have some, some great uh, things coming up with, uh, with ex ambassadors with uh, um, each one individually and how they, they helped out and how they discover uh, the weakness of the antagonist and how they can exploit that in order to get her attention. And so there's a lot upcoming with that, that, that really worked out to our benefit that we're excited to, to share. That's really cool. Um, excuse me. Yeah. It's, it's definitely 
It's a great way to introduce, I think, a band that maybe not every single person on the planet may have heard of. Uh, but also, what what a great way to get more exposure through uh, this band also talking about it. I'm sure they talk about it on their social media and on their with their fans and all that. So are were you guys always fans of their music? Like was were and were they the first people that you reached out to? Um X Masters has always been one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Me too. I love them. <laughs> I really love X Masters. And uh when Dave committed suicide, they were really big then and they had this song called Unsteady. And it reminded us of of Dave. So they were definitely one of my first thoughts. Not my first thought, because I have... My favorite band is Imagine Dragons. Oh, good choice. I, I like them, too. As well. I like they're them, too. <laughs> and they're busy all the time, so we couldn't exactly get them. But X Ambassadors was definitely probably my second thought, along with, like, Chainsmokers and Lord and Matt Damon. We, me and Dad have a running joke about Matt Damon. So... <laughs> Definitely, we had thoughts, and I'm really glad that we ended up with X Masters because they're amazing. They're so talented. So, yeah. And they have so many songs that that resonate with Sugar Glider, uh, which we know is not the intent because I'm sure when they wrote these songs, Sugar Glider wasn't even around. Um, but we can go back and and see some of their songs and and see how uh, they resonate with the same message, like. Uh, ahead of myself is is a big one that we like, and uh, unsteady definitely is is up there. Uh, and there are so many that we see uh, kind of a, a side story where you can actually see uh, Jordan McKenzie as Sugar Glider doing something that's kind of a music video in your head kind of thing. Hmm. That that's awesome. I I really love this this whole collaboration, and what a great way to just bring comics and music together um i i think it's great i think it's very charming i went when i read the first two issues i i loved how heavily featured they were that they're a key part of the story um how uh they see uh shelby uh, shelby your shelby they see jordan uh as sugar glider jump in and save the day and then I, I see them talking to her and getting involved in in the local school stuff. Like they're going to be helping her with some fundraising at the school. Um, yeah, like I, I enjoy that a whole lot. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit too about like the characters in the book. Um, so of course we have Jordan, our main character. She's got some for her friend. Um, Edgar is in the book, of course, and then we're introduced to a couple other people. Are there, were there, are, are these characters like modeled after people in your life? Um, or were the names chosen because they mean something special to you? So Edgar is, everything has to do with uh, Dave mm-hmm. in the comic book. Uh, and Edgar is Dave. Um, he's nerdy like Dave, he looks like Dave, and Dave's middle name is Edgar. So. That he is heavily modeled on, he is supposed to be Dave. Mm. Uh, and then Jordan is modeled after Dave's uh, wife, uh, Sarah Jane. Okay. But Sarah Jane is the name of Edgar's sugar glider. So everything is very connected. Uh, but Jordan isn't supposed to be like anyone. She just looks like uh, Sarah and me. 
Hmm. Okay. We've kind of took pictures of Sarah and pictures of Shelby and sent them to the artist and said, we want to kind of mash the two together. Um, So Shelby being 11, she's not quite the 17 year old girl that Jordan is. And uh, Sarah's, you know, a, a little older. And so mashing them together, we're like, put them together as, you know, a 17 year old girl. And so they, they both, they're, Jordan reflects both of them very heavily. I, I love that. I love that you're honoring your friend uh, and and what he meant to you in in this book. Um, I think that's absolutely beautiful. What what a great way to honor his memory and to connect to always have that connection with him. Um, what what about sugar gliders themselves? So I I weirdly enough up until like maybe. Uh, six months ago, I was not aware that these animals existed. Uh, I knew about them because a friend of mine just got some as pets and he, he loves them. Do you have sugar gliders at home or, or was there a reason why you chose sugar gliders to be in this comic? So we have, we do have a pair of sugar gliders. Mm-hmm. They're actually sitting here with us. Oh. Uh, their names are Chloe and Flash. Uh, but they weren't the full inspiration for the comic and to call the comic Sugar Glitter because we didn't have them at the time when we were first coming up with the idea. But first we wanted to call them, uh, we wanted to call the comic Flying Squirrel, which now that I think about it, that was really not a good idea and it did not work with the character. But we couldn't do that because possible copyright infringement from what? What was it? From we we didn't want to skate along the Rocky and Bullwinkle lines with flying squirrels, mm-hmm. so we were trying to think of something else that would work. So, but Sugar Glider's power is that she runs really fast, like a flash, and she runs and she builds up enough momentum to go up into the air, and then she has a wingsuit that she glides. So that's we we're thinking of other animals that have that same ability, and Sugar Glider was like perfect. And they were adorable, and they were cute, and we just loved them. So we ended up giving uh, Edgar a pet sugar glider named Sarah Jane. But then we it was like, we have to get a pair of sugar gliders. So we got a pair of sugar gliders. <laughs> That's great. I love that story. That's a great story. So the fact that Jordan's powers are that she can run really fast, um, and you did mention the Flash. Is, is the Flash one of your favorite characters? The Flash is my favorite superhero. Uh, he has been since the TV show came out. Uh, and uh, actually, Dave, I'm just going to keep bringing him up. Uh, Dave actually introduced me to comic books, even though my dad had a large collection of them. And one of the comic books he had brought over was a Flash comic book. And so I've, I, you should see my room. There's <laughs> pictures of the Flash up there, and it's it's like ridiculous. So, who's your Flash? Barry Allen or Wally West? Barry Allen. Barry Allen. Although, uh-huh. suit-wise, there's something different. Dude, Wally West's new suit is so cool. I love it. It's like white and red. It's in the new 52. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. But my favorite Flash is Blue Lantern Flash because my favorite core is the Blue Lantern core. Oh, excuse me. I like that. <laughs> Very nice. So, okay, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of comics here now. So are you more of a DC fan or a Marvel fan, or do you have do you like them both equally? 
This is a household clash. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> I've opened up a can of worms here. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, me growing up, I was very much into Marvel. Um, my my go to superhero was was Spider Man and Wolverine. Okay. Uh, kind of equal parts. Spider Man because I have the last name of Webb. So it just kind of suited me. Oh, I, uh, it's a match made in heaven, man. Right, right. right. <laughs> and then Wolverine, um, he he kind of personifies my personality. Um, I am not one to. I'm I'm very passive. I don't I don't want to fight. I don't I don't condone fighting or anything like that. But if backed against a wall, uh, you better watch out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I learned that from a very young age. Um, and my father kind of uh, is that same way. And so uh, I liked Wolverine from that same aspect that he doesn't, he, he always kind of just held back and just was that brooding type person until it was called upon to, to flex his muscles as it were. So that that's kind of where I grew up. And then uh, of course, image comics and top cow came out sure. when I was in high school and I loved the art from that. Uh, and so that's what what my comic bins were that I, I guarded like a dragon and didn't let Shelby look at or anything like that uh, <laughs> until Dave came around uh, and Dave started pulling out the DC comics and and introduced Shelby to, to DC comics. And then I pulled my uh, bin out and showed her my collection and it didn't change her. So she's still a DC <laughs> fan. Um even though Marvel's movies are 12 billion times better, I really like DC Comics more. 12 billion times better. You have yeah. yeah. first, folks. 12 <laughs> billion times better. So hold on. So I know we're getting a little off of the comic, but I do want to know, have you guys seen Captain Marvel? Yes. Yes, we had a, we had a dad-daughter date uh, just last Monday, last week, uh, to go see it. Nice. So, yeah. um, Melissa and I got to talk about Captain Marvel on another podcast together. Um, and I mean, I loved it. Melissa loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what did you guys think about Captain Marvel? If you had like some, some quick thoughts about, about the movie. So neither of us really know much about Captain Marvel, but previously we did our research, okay. uh, about her backstory and the way she gets her powers in the movie versus the way she gets her powers in the comic are different. Sure. And uh, Marvel is a woman in the movie, which I'm very confused. And then Marvel in the <coughs> comics is a man, and he doesn't die right off the bat like Marvel did in the movie. So it was, it was, it was, it was, it was okay in the sense that she's a woman and she's powerful and she's like freaking amazing. But the backstory is just a little off. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that was kind of the the general consensus on on both ends. Uh, and without landing any spoilers, there was there was a, a different uh, a what do I want to say a uh, disappointing uh, lore point regarding Nick Fury that we won't get into mm. uh, that we didn't particularly like. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but. It, it had to do with his eye patch, and we'll just leave it there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but overall, the movie was great. Um, I, my feelings are is that uh, the MCU movies are 
um, an alternate universe to the comics. So you're going to have various things that are going to change that aren't going to be like the storyline in the comics. And that's fine because we all know that uh, comic books are notorious for alternate yeah. universes and multiverse there's, and whatever. 50 Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and so why can't you have this, this movie timeline that isn't exactly going to fit with the comics? Yeah. So we're that's okay how I feel, with that. Yeah. That's how I feel about most adaptations. I'm a big subscriber of, you know, the, the two separate Canon theory, you know, you have your, your TV show and your books or your TV show and your movie. Um, I'm a big Harry Potter fan and a big game of Thrones fan. So this is a conversation I have quite frequently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we won't even get into the, how to train your dragon and how those are completely. Oh yeah. Different. Yeah. Dad hates them, but I haven't read the books, so I actually really love the movies. But he's like, these Two separate suck. canons. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have to keep telling myself, is, is the movie is not the books. So I have to separate that one a lot because it really upset me because I love the books so much. They're, I, I started reading the books after the first movie came oh, out. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I was just, just like, this toothless would have been so much better better in the movies that they would have done in the same way he is in the book but you know that's okay uh, it's like i said the two separate canons is a good way to you know separate them and not feel upset about it yeah i i, ha- I have to agree with you there like it's it's true uh, sometimes when you read the comic you get all caught up in the well this is how it is in the comics and then you see it in the movie and you're like but it's different here, you know, and, and it's true. But l- looking at it the way that you do is like it's an alternate timeline. It's another universe in, in the multiverse. I think that's a great way to be able to enjoy both things, even though they are a little different. Um, but that's cool that you guys got to see Captain Marvel. I'm glad that you overall enjoyed it. True, there mm-hmm. is some deviation from the comics in there. But um, are you guys excited for Endgame? Oh my gosh, you have no idea. <laughs> you I you sound super excited. You sound about as excited as, as I am, but I, I I'm sure Melissa's pretty excited for it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so okay, that well that that's awesome. Um so you guys are divided, DC Marvel household, but you find a way to live in peace. That's cool. Um <laughs> Are there any other characters that you really uh, kind of identify with, um, Shelby? You mentioned The Flash. Are there any others that you are big fans of and like to read their comics? There are so many. Uh, Squirrel Girl, I really like her because she's just so fun and jumpy and she's just she's really great. Uh, she likes the lore of the fact that she lived in the she lives in the Avengers attic, and they don't know she's there. <laughs> That's great. That's I love great. that. Uh, I also like Saint Walker uh, from the Blue Lanterns. Okay. Uh, he, he's not really that popular, but uh, there was a new Green Lantern comic that came out, and it had one of each core in it. And I really liked uh, um, Saint Walker. He's actually the first Blue Lantern, and the Blue Lanterns resemble Hope. And I, I just really, I really like the the Blue Lanterns, and I really like Saint Walker. And if he came out with his own comic, I would really love it. Mm-hmm. It'd be really cool. 
Yeah, I, I haven't read too much Green Lantern to myself, to be completely honest. So I don't know a ton about those characters, but it sounds like you do. So um, <laughs> if I have questions, I know who I'm going to ask uh, for, for, for Green Lantern stuff. I've only read, I've only read like the first of this um, Green Lantern comic book. I don't think Dad has gotten any more of them. Wait, no, you got the second one, right? Yeah, it's the uh, it's the new Fifty Two uh, Green Lantern New Guardians. Okay. And, and so it features, like she said, one one of from each of the Lantern Corps, uh, and they're and kind they of, they clash a lot. Yeah, they clash, but at the same time, they know that there's an an ultimate goal that they're trying to achieve, uh, and so it it's really a, a, a really cool storyline. Um, that I I picked up because I was interested in in how the Green Lantern Corps worked, uh, but I wanted to know about each of the cores as well, and not just focus on the green. Um, and so I picked up this new series, and it's it's awesome. I've got a couple of uh, of the trade paperbacks. I think I've got two or three of those that I've read through, and it's just a great storyline. Mm. That's awesome. So uh, is so you guys are reading this the Screen Lantern books. You guys are reading the Flash. Are you are you also reading Squirrel Girl right now? Like currently? Um, comic book. I have a whole collection of comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them are trade paperbacks because if it's just a regular comic book, I'm gonna finish it in like two seconds. Sure. Hmm. So most of them are trade paperbacks, but I have gotten so many comic books that I can't really keep up. Um, I'm reading Shuri right now. Um, oh, yeah, sure. So, but I haven't read it that much. I don't re- usually bring my comic books with me to, like, drives because I don't want to ruin them. Right. But I do sometimes read them. I've read all of my Flash comic books, and there's, like, seven of them right now that I have read. And there's, like, a bunch that are out. But... We don't read the comic books that often. We just let them sit and look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true collector. Uh, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've, uh, mm-hmm. On my end, I've got... Uh, one thing that, that Sugar Glider has done for me is uh, is tra- changed my focus as to the point of reading the comics. Uh, kind of like um, a, a, an athlete wants to go to a different coach in order to uh, focus on a different aspect of their training and become better at something else. Uh, I'm kind of doing the same thing with Sugar Glider. And so I look to comics in a different way now as to what aspect of this particular comic uh, can help uh, strengthen Sugar Glider or make her a, a more well-rounded character and, the villains or the antagonists are also more well-rounded. And so uh, I recently picked up uh, and I got to do a, a shout out to, to my friend Kelly, uh, who is a cosplayer and he cosplays the green land, uh, the green arrow. And it's like spot. And on. it is spot on. He, he makes an amazing Ollie. He really does. Um, and he, I, I said, you know what, because of you, I want to read a, a, a green arrow comic. So, so which one should I pick? And he's like, well, there's so many. But he said, check out uh, the the Archer's Quest. Uh, and so I picked that one up just the other day and read that. And the storyline to that one is absolutely amazing. And it's just the one book, uh, trade paperback. And I absolutely fell in love with it. 
Uh, and I'm going to try and add some of the, the concepts that were in that comic because they're just so fascinating. Uh, another one I picked up that I haven't read yet is the, the new 52 uh, Supergirl. Uh, and so my my focus now has become more like the the female superheroes and what they are and to to not make Sugar Glider into that uh, cookie cutter feminine uh, necessarily needing a, a a male superhero to come in and team up with and just things like that. You see that's that common storybook thread that. It's like we can break out of this norm now, and now is the chance to do it. So that's kind of my my feel with comic books now and what I've been reading lately. Well, it's awesome that uh, you get to use comic book reading as, you know, research, productive, <laughs> you know, productive no, hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I really love the sentiment that you're talking about, Jason, like the idea that we can have this character – who she is the hero. She doesn't need a male superhero or uh, a male hero to come in and save the day for her. Um, it seems like, well, obviously this is a, this is a family project. You guys all work on this seems like t- together. What, what's the process here? So I know that Shelby, this is your baby. This is your idea. Do you outline the stories yourself um, and do, do mom and dad help you with that? Uh, what can, can you like take us through the process a little bit about creating an issue? So I'm a novelist writer, like big time novelist writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write big, large paragraphs, very detailed stuff that you can't really portray in a comic book, but I write it anyway. And I will write a full book it'll take up like <clears throat> seriously 50 pages and then I'll hand it over to my dad and he'll turn it into a script to make the to make it more understandable he'll put in images image block ideas he'll put in um perspective ideas and stuff like that and then we'll both go over it we'll both kind of do the script together but he'll do most of the um, changing over. And then mom will do, like, grammatical errors and make sure everything sounds correct. And then we'll send it over to the artist, and he'll pencil it, ink it, color it with flats, and then put in highlights and stuff. Wow. So th- this is absolutely a group project that you guys <laughs> – or a, a family business, I should say, that that you guys are doing. So – I, I really love this idea that it's like it's you block out the paragraphs. Dad comes in and helps you put it as a script. Mom looks it over, make sure everything is worded correctly, and then you guys send it off to be to be drawn and colored, etc. Et um, I, I just love that. So you guys have two issues out now, or is it three? We have two issues out right now. The third one is actually at the artist right now. Okay. Uh, I think he has all of the pages inked. And we've looked over them all. The thing is, our artist is from Brazil. And there's definitely a language barrier. And we have, like, arguments with him every day because he sees these the characters in here wearing short shorts with unrealistic bodies for a teenager. And so it's like, dude, you got to lengthen the shorts. Schools in the U.S. don't let you wear that kind of thing. And plus, 
a 16 year old girl is not going to look like that. Yeah. So we have to, we have to look over them and have to make a bunch of changes and say, Hey, tone this down a bit. Hey, can you add this? Hey, can you make this person look more feminine or this person more manly and stuff like that? So we can like differentiate people, but it's in the works right now. It's going to be coming out like April ish. Okay. Um, I, I really like what you're saying here about being aware of how the characters are dressed and how the body image is presented. And I think that's something that's very common, uh, not just in comics, but uh, in movies and in, in, in television, any kind of visual media is sort of this idea that women have to look a certain way, that uh, women's clothes are very tight, very short, and women's bodies are definitely sort of just on display. Um, but it sounds like this is something that you guys are totally aware of and are trying to not include that in this book. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, the very first issue that we did. Um, we ran into a lot of problems that we've addressed since then. Um, our, our original posters and uh, covers uh, don't really reflect Sugar Glider as she is now. Um, it was one of those things where we kind of let the artists take the wheel. Uh, and so she ended up being kind of that supermodel, disproportionate uh, comic book female that you see. Uh, and we've done, uh, we've done our very best now to keep that in mind and try to crush those before they get out of hand uh, with our artists so that when we when we do covers and when we do the inside, we let them know, okay, you've got to understand this is for teens, about teens. Uh, some of these teens have uh, self-image problems already uh, with the way that they look, and we don't need to accentuate that by saying that all the characters have these perfect bodies. Uh, and so in this next issue, in the issue three, you're going to see that a lot more, and you're going to see – uh, characters um, that that are not this comic book mold. I mean, Shelby can tell you a little bit about one of our, our proudest creations, which is the band, uh, the Corsairs, that are going to be in the next issue. Yeah, so it's a five-member band. Uh, most of them are inspired off of people that we know. Uh, I'm not going to go into that because it's a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> okay. but it's a five-member band. And one of the characters is a heavier girl, and she's the bassist. And then another, this lead singer, is going to have more of a runner's build. She's going to be thicker, not fat. She's going to be a little thicker. Then we're going to have one really skinny, tall girl, and then two regular-sized people. Probably one's going to be a little thicker than the other one. Mm -hmm. Okay, but so you... Right, we are trying to differentiate the body shape, the size, how tall, how short. So we aren't trying to keep everything skinny and perfect and all of that. We're going to try. And plus, Sugar Glider is a runner, so she's going to be thin. She's not going to have as much mass in some places. So <laughs> she is going to be thinner because she is a runner. Sure. So. And so we wanted to, as much as Shelby loves Gem and the Holograms, that was the last thing we wanted to do was – was make a band that was like the Misfits or Gem and the Holograms, where quite literally the only differentiation between them was 
skin color and hair. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really appreciate what you're doing here with this, with this band. Um, and, and I'm sure, I, I'm sure that, that, um, that you would agree with me, Melissa, that b- self image, especially for women is a huge problem in, in our society. Yeah. And the more work uh, I, the, I found it really interesting when you were speaking on, um, you know, having these discussions with the artists that you're using. And that struck me as important work too, because the more that you as creators make it a point in your work, um, to make sure that you are representing all the different body types that women and men, you know, have, um, that work that you're doing is being passed on to your readers as they can, you know, as they consume the comic, but also, you know, that artist isn't going to forget how important that was. And is it, you know, their thinking is going to change on that as well. So I think that the work you're doing there is actually happening, you know, twofold um, in those different ways, which I found really interesting. And, you know, the more creators like you make that important, the more artists are going to think about it. And, you know, hopefully comics and, you know, other types of art kind of, morph into something you know that is more reflective of you know the way that people look in the real world yeah it definitely will yeah i i I really do like that i like that a whole lot um what um so so shelby if you had your if you had your ultimate uh dream come true what what are your goals for for sugar glider what would you like to see happen with this book did you would you want this to be an ongoing comic would you would you want to make it into a movie or a tv series like what what are the goals that you'd like to accomplish with this book so i would really like it to turn into something really really huge like marvel or dc Mm. and have Yes, absolutely. We want, like, an animated movie to be made, like, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was amazing. We'd want something like that, maybe a TV series, but obviously that's a while away. But we also want it to turn into something for teens to cope. And we're actually thinking of doing a retreat for Sugar Glider, inspired by Sugar Glider, for teens who are struggling with uh, issues like self-image and bullying, and their parents can take them to this retreat and they can have fun, and then they they can learn about what they may be going through and stuff like that. We're hoping that it be can become a huge difference, and it, that's what we're mostly hoping for is that it can change people's lives, and we can have people come up to us and say, "Hey, this comic changed my life. Thank you so much for writing it. Thank you so much for being inspired to write this." And you're really inspiring me to, you know, be better or change my mind on committing suicide or something like that. So, so, so you're really looking for that individual connection with, with people. You're, you're really hoping for people to read your book and to, for it to, it to affect them personally and then reach them that way. Yeah. That's what we're hoping for. Mm. That's really awesome. I really like that. I, I know that you go to quite a number of cons and um, I'm sure you've met a lot of people who have read your book. And um, what what's that been like for you, like to meet fans of your book or to, to meet people who have read the book that you've written? So we never really have any hardcore fans who come up to us and say, oh, my gosh, this is the best comic book ever. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're here at this con because – 
it's not that popular yet. Um, and most people, we convince them to buy it at cons. <laughs> okay. Pitch, we say, you know, it's for a good cause. You can, you can buy it. And then they'll be like, oh, okay. And then they'll buy it. But then we have some people who are really, they really like it. There was one girl I remember in Denver who was so excited about the comic book and she just really loved it. And she said, you know, I'm as old as you are. This is craziness. I've never done anything like this in my life. And you are doing this. And she bought shirts. She had come at first with her friends and she had bought a comic book. Then she came back with her mom and she bought shirts, hats, posters. She went full, like all the way. And it was really cool to see that, how much it had, it had inspired her and all of that. We, it was really cool. Then in, in Salt Lake, um, well, prior to uh, the Salt Lake convention that we went to, uh, we had someone reach out to us um, <coughs> that we didn't know. Uh, and they asked for uh, additional reference materials as to what Sugar Glider looked like. Uh and then come to find out, uh, she loved the the message behind Sugar Glider so much that she had actually cosplayed as Sugar Glider. Wow! And that that to us was was such a an honor to see that because we didn't know this person, we had no idea she was what she was doing or anything. Uh, and then to show up at the convention, walk up to our booth. And we physically saw Sugar Glider for the first time. How emotional that! Oh my gosh! Like I would have got. I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just like hearing <laughs> yeah. this story. Wow that that must that, that that that's incredible to see somebody connect so much with the book that they cosplayed as this character. Um, oh, that's a great story. Um, so you you mentioned a couple of things I do want to go back to. You mentioned um, Shelby about a retreat. Now I know Jason, you were telling me about a retreat that you mm-hmm. guys have in the works. Um, tell us uh, tell us a, a, a little bit more about that. So um, this is this is something that is that is ultimately the the dream behind Sugar Glider. Uh, we we feel that it's more about the message than it is the comic book. Uh, And so we want to make sure that we focus on what our true intent is. uh, And the the comic book is just kind of a vehicle in which to to push that. And that is that um, as as a father, uh, I watched my my child go through uh, suicide um, on more than one occasion. Um, we, We lost my best friend, Dave. Uh, and within three, or excuse me, within two years, we lost three more people to suicide in our family. Oh no! Uh, and so, just domino effect. We have that. Uh, then we had Shuggy, uh, Shelby go through the bullying that she went through. Um, we have friends that are part of the LGBTQ community that we watch them as they struggle and deal with everyday intolerance. Uh, and and so we want to focus on being able to help uh, parents connect with their kids in a way that they can open up that line of communication that is so vital to the growth of of your adolescence, as well as uh, working with 
parents to be able to open that same line of communication with their with their child because we know that that breakdown is there. Um, my wife was a school teacher for three years, and she could see the the breakdown between uh, the kids talking to their parents and parents talking to their children. So we decided that we were going to start by doing this this retreat, and this will be our first one. Um, the plan is to do it in uh, September, right after uh, the Salt Lake Convention. Uh, and so the our retreat will include getting uh, passes to the last day of the convention. Uh, we're going to include with that uh, a voucher for a autograph or uh, a picture with one of the, the special guests that will be at the convention. Uh, and so that will be one day of our retreat, and that is to uh, help the, the parents uh, with their teen find that common ground, the, the love that that teen has for this type of environment, the comic book community as a whole. Uh, you can't get it anywhere else but at a convention. You know, the, the love that's shared at a convention for everything geeky uh, is just unreal. So we wanted to capture that by, by doing that as the first part of our retreat. Uh, and then the next day uh, for that retreat, we will be having um, we will be having speakers that will be talking more about uh, connecting with your child and your parent, uh, and then we'll have breakout sessions um, to kind of go over workshops and things like that. And then uh, at the end, we're going to have a scavenger hunt that'll actually take place in the city, uh, which will cover like five blocks of the city. Uh, and that'll be where families will break up into uh, four teams of two families each. And they'll get to do this scavenger hunt, which not only will be looking for different things, it will also be building things, uh, taking pictures of certain things, making videos together, uh, as well as another great concept about it is there will be team battles where families will cross paths during this uh, scavenger hunt and they'll have to do stuff like a compliment battle where they have to give compliments to the other team you know like hey we love your shoes or you know you have just this wonderful smile or I love the sparkle in your eye whatever it might be so that there'll be that uplifting part of the event and the team building exercises there uh, and then in conclusion we'll have a comedian uh, and dinner and we'll go over uh, how the um, the event went as far as the scavenger hunt and show the pictures that people took uh, and just overall have a, have a great time. Um, and so we're, we're hoping to have a website for that up soon where people can register. Uh, we're trying to get the registration done uh, and everybody involved in that before July um, so that we can have uh, all the planning and, and everything secured before then. Um, so, Make sure you're following us, and if that's something you're interested in, we will definitely be posting a website for you to register for that. There was only going to be about enough slots for 12 families, so uh, make sure you're you're one of the first to jump in on that. That is so incredible. I'm like, I am so blown away by this plan because this is a this is a true retreat workshop therapy session uh team building family building like 
it's everything that you guys are working on with the comic. You want to now put it into practice and help families and help kids and their parents really connect with each other. That is, I'm, I am blown away. That is absolutely incredible. I really love that idea. Um, yeah, we love, we love it too. And we really hope that we can do it and we can go through with it. And we really hope that families will be willing to come and bond with their child or bond with other families who have children struggling with the same things. Mm-hmm. We're really hoping that people will be excited about it, just as excited as you are and I, how excited we are. We're hoping that also that we can build a community with it where um, those that participate in, in this retreat, we're actually going to make a closed Facebook group uh, where they can interact with the families after this event is over. Uh, and we're going to make actually two different groups, one that's going to be all access uh, where the kids can communicate with one another, uh, but then the parents are also able to see what's going on in that particular group. And then we're also going to make one that's specific for the parents, uh, where the parents can go and share success stories about how much their child has grown or if they're if they still have a struggle that they can reach out to like minded parents and, and talk with them and let them know kind of their struggles that they're going through. And hopefully if if this goes well with this retreat that we're planning in September, we hope to be able to do it with several other uh, conventions uh, and be able to hook up with them and and do the same thing and keep it going to a degree where we can help multiple families and make it available for more people. Wow. So it's going to start in Salt Lake, you said, right? That's the first. The that, first that will be the first one. Yep. Salt Lake at uh, the Fanex convention in the summertime. It'll be September. Uh, the convention is September 7th. Hold on, and I'll tell you the dates for sure so I can get that right. It is, the convention uh, is September 5th, 6th, and 7th. Um, our retreat uh, would include the, the FANEX uh, convention on the 7th, which is Saturday, and then the workshops would be the following day on the 8th. Man, I, I wish I had kids. I'd go to this <laughs> no thing kidding. in a second. <laughs> Anybody want to be adopted by me for the weekend? I'll take them. <laughs> wow. That, so for sure, at, at the end, uh, I, I want you guys to give us like your, your uh, website and your, all your social media stuff. Um, but I really, really am loving this whole concept because it's, it's really more than just a comic. Although if, if, even if this was like, I'm making a comic, that in itself is absolutely incredible and it's enjoyable and entertaining. But there's this whole movement behind it of like, this is not just a comic. We're really trying to make changes here in our society. And I think that's in, absolutely incredible. I, I mean... You don't see that very often. And so, especially in somebody as young as yourself, Shelby, it's very, it gives me so much hope for the next generation. Like, you guys are, like, taking charge here, and I'm very happy to see that. Thank you. That's It's really cool to hear people that appreciate it, because it's definitely taken a long time, and it's definitely a lot of commitment, and it's definitely hard to produce them because they cost a lot you got to hire the artists and all of that but we are we are trying to keep going because 
we know that it could make a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely have some people in my life in mind that I could uh, gift copies of Sugar Glider to because, um, you know, I'm thinking about my younger self and how much uh, I would have benefited from from a a movement like this and from a community like the one that you guys are aspiring, excuse me, to build. Um, It's it's really incredible work that you're doing. And I, I really believe that you guys, you know, have an opportunity to touch a lot of lives with this. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I I wish this had been around when I was a kid and when I was being bullied in school and when when I was the only nerd geek person who was into Star Trek in her school and nobody else was and everybody thought I was weird, which I probably was. But it would have been nice to have a community that was like, no, it's cool. We can all be nerdy together. That's fine. Um, so so Shelby, like for looking forward uh, to, to the future here, when you're done with school, or with with high school, I should say. What what are your plans for after that? Would you do you want to become a full time comic book author? Do you have other aspirations that you'd like to pursue? So I am only in seventh grade, but I do have plans. But these plans could change, obviously. <coughs> so um, I want to become a trauma surgeon. So I want to go to wow. college. Yeah, I want to go to college. And um, I want to go to get my generals at SUU, which is near Cedar City. And then when I'm done with my generals, I want to transfer up to University of Utah, which has a great medical program. Uh, my family is BYU fans. Well, I don't freaking care. <laughs> Dad was. Dad was, <laughs> and my grandpa was. So, uh, well, is. And... I want to become a trauma surgeon there, get my PhD, but of course all of this could change. Uh, I also want to minor in business because obviously I have to do that. I have a business. Hmm. So. Well, her minor in business though, has also turned into a passion that she's, um, she's kind of aspired to on her own. Um, I actually work for um, a marketing company that has a, a really killer piece of software that works for, um, internet marketing specifically, but, uh, the, the, the owner and the creator of this marketing company has put out some, uh, incredible books. And, uh, I offered Shelby to read one and I told her, I said, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to do this, I want you to understand my, my goals and what I need to do for the, the, the movement that we're trying to create, uh, to succeed. Uh, and so I said, I'm, I'm working off of this book right here. And so I gave it to her and how far are you into it now? I'm like halfway through it, maybe even a little more. Wow. And it's, it's amazing to me because, uh, we, I will be talking about something in vague terms, uh, because, uh, Maggie, my wife hasn't read the books or anything, so she doesn't know the, the path of the course or direction I'm taking, uh, and I'll be using kind of vague terms to just kind of portray the concept or what I want to do. And then Shelby will be sitting at the, the kitchen table as we're, as Maggie and I are discussing this and she'll turn around and she'll pick up on the concept that I'm dropping down and she'll be like, well, wait, dad, don't you mean this? And she'll go into it. And it, it just, it makes my heart swell seeing that she's 
grasping onto these marketing concepts uh, so much that she is literally learning this business and understands where ultimately the goal is with this movement we're trying to create. So comic book author, marketing genius, trauma surgeon, uh, I don't know what, astronaut, uh, who knows? The sky's the limit for you, Shelby. Um, It definitely dates me when I say that she could be a Doogie Howser. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) It dates both of us, my friend, because I get that reference. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, um, wow, that is that. I don't know. I'm just so blown away. I wish I had more words to say, but like this is what I just come back to. But I'm just so impressed by this whole process here. Um, I what I, I am curious though. Why why trauma surgeon? Is there is that just a field you're interested in, or is there a particular reason why you'd like to go in, into surgery? Uh, I've always wanted to be a doctor. <coughs> Uh, ever since I was little, um, at first it was like, oh yeah, I'll just do something easy. I'll just be a pediatrician. Right. And then it went on to, no, I want to, I want to do something different and I'll be a surgeon. I'll do something different. I want to be a neurosurgeon. No, I want to be a trauma surgeon. That's what I've landed on right now. And like I said, it could change when I get older, could change into something totally different. Hey, I want to be a chef or something like that. So... But I just landed on trauma surgeon because I think it's really cool. And plus, you'll be in high stress, high, um, like, you got to go fast. You got to try and figure out something quickly. And I really like the idea of being busy like that. Mm-hmm. So so you enjoy the challenge of it, the idea of, like, yeah. being, like, in a fast-paced environment. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I understand that. Um, wow. So we did talk a little bit about uh, some of your favorite comic book characters. You mentioned the Flash. You mentioned uh, the Blue Lanterns. Um, are, is there are there any other fandoms that you're really into? Um, any any books that you're really into? Fa- um, movie franchises that you like besides the MCU? All of them, <laughs> like all of them. The only thing that I'm not particularly particularly into is like animes or like Pokemon or anything like that. I know my brother is into that, but I don't, I don't really like anime, but I like Harry Potter. I like Chrissy Jackson. I love Riverdale. Um, I love just, I love Star Wars, Star Trek. Um, I was raised with Star Wars. Uh, my mom, what my mom is, that is the only fandom she is into. Uh, did I already say Harry Potter? Yeah. I think I did. I love Fable Haven. I just love, I love everything. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Um, it's just it's it's everything. Well, well, you already won Melissa over by saying that you're a Harry Potter fan. I, I yes. will assure you on that one. <laughs> yes, we uh, discuss Harry Potter a lot, Rebecca and I. Uh, she's less than a fan, but we're working on her. Um, I'm but trying. I, <laughs> I, uh, what is what is your house then, Melissa? What is it? Um, I um, am a Pottermore Gryffindor, but a oh. self-claimed Slytherin, so. <laughs> That's how most of it works. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm a Pottermore Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. I took the test twice because I forgot what I was, but I do say I'm a Ravenclaw because that was my first test. Uh, Dad's a Hufflepuff. Mom's a Ravenclaw. 
And we're thinking that Caleb's probably either a Slytherin or a Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I wanted to comment on your Southside Serpent jacket I saw on Twitter or on Instagram. Excuse me. Um, I also love Riverdale. <laughs> I love that jacket. It was it was a leather jacket. Then we got the patch sewn on. But I have another patch that I need to get sewn onto another jacket. I have a Ravenclaw patch. That's how big I am. I have a Severus Snape wand because he's my favorite character. I just, I have everything. I have a Snuggie, too. I have a Snuggie, too. Yes. I love my Harry Potter Snuggie. I wear it at work. When I work. Yeah. <laughs> so I sit at my desk in my Gryffindor robes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's a bit much. So but I love it. Well, listen, hey, uh, if, if you're going to have a Snuggie, I mean, my goodness, let it be something that you really love, a fandom that you're really into. Um, You did mention Doctor Who. Uh, We have a lot of uh, listeners who are Whovians also. Do you have a favorite doctor? Um, My favorite doctor is the doctor that was going on in my year, and that was the 10th doctor, right? And I, 10th doctor? Mm -hmm. I really liked the Bad Wolf episode. Okay. I haven't watched a lot of Doctor Who, like, recently, but I also like the Twelfth uh, Doctor. I really like him too because he's just the funniest. He's funny. <laughs> okay, cool. Have you watched any of the current stuff with the uh, with Jodie Whittaker playing the Doctor? No, we, we have not. We have our, not kept up. Our cable company uh, or our satellite company switched uh, their lineups. And we lost BBC America. Oh, no. Yeah, so we we didn't get much of Peter Capaldi moving forward. Um, so, but, uh, you know, we still we still uh, identify with the Whovians. We still love them all. And uh, I, I personally think it's great that they have done a, a female doctor, finally. I think it's really cool. Uh, I mean, we did get um, the... The female um, villain, uh, the other Time Lord, I, my mind just went blank. The Master. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that to me was, I was like, well, there's a common switch. We've already done it with the villain. Why not do it with the hero as well? So we're we're excited to, to try and get those episodes in. Um, but uh, I've, I love the uh, the Blink episodes and the... the oh, yeah. That, oh my gosh. <laughs> the Weeping Angels oh, are, are some of our favorite episodes. Terrifying. Terrifying. Dad, Dad had watched that at night and he went downstairs to lock the door and he ran back up because he was so scared that there was going to be an The very first time I watched that episode, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. And every night before I go to bed, I have to get up and walk around the house to make sure all the doors are locked and everything before I, I turn in. And so I'm watching this episode at two o'clock at night in the bedroom and I get done watching it and I'm like, oh man, I've got to go downstairs in the dark. How am I going to do this? So it literally was walking backwards and running from point A to point B. Literally. Oh, that that is pretty funny. Yeah, I I must admit, like, I, I don't watch a ton of Doctor Who, but I have seen the Weeping Angels episodes and they are quite. Um, yeah, I have to have the lights on. I can't watch that in the dark. <laughs> you can't watch those at night. No, a little too scary uh, on that end. Um, you, every I, time, every time we see a statue now, it's like, don't blink. 
Don't look away. Right? I know. Don't blink. Right? And you have to look at your arm to see if you have any marks to see how many times you've seen them and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I know you mentioned both Star Wars and Star Trek. I, I'm a big Trek fan, personally, o- over uh, Star Wars. <laughs> I do love I do love the new Star Trek and I have watched some of the really, really old Star Trek with uh Bill Shatner. But I do like the new Star Treks and I do really think they're cool, but I was raised on Star Wars. I hear that. Most of us were. Um uh my my family also loves Star Wars. My dad is a big Star Trek fan. That's he he got me into it. Um, so are you guys excited for the new Star Wars movie coming out at the end of the year? I bet you are. Yeah. Wait, is it coming out at the end of the year? What is it about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm so focused on Endgame. I, I hear you. I hear you. I, I am a little focused on Endgame right now, too, but I, I know the it's, it's, it's episode nine will be the last of the last of these uh, trilogies. So we'll see. It's probably going to be lots of big changes for all the Skywalkers that are left. Oh, we, we, uh, our, our feelings are that it, the star Wars movies have been great, but they've been, as you just mentioned, there's their Skywalker centric. Mm-hmm. And we feel that there is a whole star Wars universe. We need, out there. We need some Mandalorians. Yes. We need yes. Mandalorians. Absolutely. I am a, a member of the Mandalorian Mercs costume club and I have my own kit. Uh, and so we want more Sabine. We want more, you know, the Fets. We want more, you know, of all the all the Mandalorians, and to see more of that happen. So they need to expand it further. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like uh, for me, I'm I grew up on Star Wars. Also, I certainly seen them all, but I, I'm I'm ready for more characters here. We, you know, not everybody. I probably get a lot of hate from this. From the from the uh, Skywalker fans, but I'm ready for stories that don't involve a Skywalker. Personally, like I'm ready for more of those, and so yeah, exciting to see what'll happen next with the Star Wars franchise. And um, I, I'm I'm excited that you're enjoying the new Star Trek stuff, Shelby. I am too. I yeah. like Star Trek Discovery also. Um, I, I I was raised on the original series, watching it in in reruns with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. But um, yeah, I have a deep deep uh, love of Star Trek myself too. So that's awesome. Um, gosh, I know we've talked about. I think we've talked about everything that for sure I wanted to talk about. Uh, Melissa, did you have any other thoughts or or any questions for Shelby? Um, I just want to go back to the music thing. I was thinking about it. Um, yeah. Music is a big part of my coping mechanisms. And, and like, I was really touched by X ambassadors being included in your comic because they're, you know, one of the bands, like you said, that their songs really resonate in that way. I was wondering, um, is there, is music a, a part of your coping mechanism? And do, do you want to talk about any of your, you know, other favorite bands? I know you mentioned Imagine Dragons. Um, is there anybody else? Is that a part of, is that a part of your coping mechanism or did it just, you know, happen to fit with your comic? So I listen to music so much. I actually have a pair of Beats. Uh, nice. They're so worn out. <laughs> I, li- I wear them all the time. Well, but I, I have a deep, 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 deep love of music. It's probably one of my favorite things ever. Um, and when I love a song, I love a song. Like that's yeah, all I. Yeah, <laughs> me too. 
Uh, I love 80s music. Uh, my dad and mom were raised in the 80s. Not born in the 80s, but they were raised in the 80s. Sorry, Dad, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> but I love 80s music, and I've been, I love 80s movies. But um, I love Imagine Dragons. That's my favorite band. Uh, I love X Ambassadors. I love Chainsmokers. I love Lord. Um, I, I'm very picky when it comes to music, but I would, when I love music, like I said, I love music. My favorite song is Sunflower right now. My favorite song is Sunflower right now. I love that song. Uh, it's by Post Malone. But I'm, I'm very picky with my, the genre of music I listen to. I despise country music. I'm sorry <laughs> if you guys like country music, but I just do not like it. Um, I don't like metal music, which, uh, Rap, it depends. I don't like heavy rap like Tupac or anything, but I like R&B, like The Weeknd, or like I said, Post Malone. So I just, I've always loved music, and I actually play uh, the violin. I've played it since I was five years old. That's incredible. Yeah. You're a woman of many talents. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's very cool. I didn't realize that you played the violin as well, so... For sure, music is a huge part of your life. Um, yeah. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, you know, I, I know, uh, especially for you, Melissa, you you know a ton about, like, music and stuff. I, I not me, not so much. I, I kind of stopped in the mid-90s, um, and I just kind of stayed there. Uh, because that was like my that was my comfort zone because I'm, I'm old, apparently, like your dad is, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way as Shelby. I get I get stuck on music and I'll listen I'll play it out for months and then so I I tend to like skip skip some like big albums when they come out cuz I'm stuck on the last thing until the next thing catches me. Yeah. That's cool. So ha- have you had a chance to go to any concerts or or live shows? I have been to three Imagine Dragons concerts. Ooh. I've been to one X Ambassadors concert. Very uh, my nice. concert was uh Imagine Dragons, and it was in Salt Lake, and it was for their new album, Smoking Mirrors. It was obviously a while ago. I think I was nine when I went to my first concert. Then we went to another concert for my birthday when I turned 11, 11. and that was for their new album, Evolve. And that was probably, I loved that concert, and I loved both of them. The first one I went with my mom, we were way up in the nosebleeds. Uh, but I loved it because it was my first experience. I sat down the whole time. Second comic, second comic <laughs> concert. Second concert, I went with my dad, and we stood up the whole time, and it was amazing. I danced, and I stood. I was standing up next to this short little woman, and it was. It made me feel tall. And then <laughs> my next concert was an X Ambassadors concert. Um, we had been walking around the mall for six hours. Uh, and it was a cement floor, standing room only, so it was kind of miserable, but the music was amazing. But tell them what happened before that. Oh, what happened before that? Before the concert, what did we get to do? Oh, we went to to a we, Star Wars we, thing. No, we met. <laughs> oh, yeah, we met ex-ambassadors. <laughs> I know I met ex-ambassadors. Wow, talk about having to give her a hot poker before she made that. Well, connection. you were saying before the concert. I was like, yeah, what did we do before the concert? We walked around the mall. No, we met ex-ambassadors. I was going to say that, dude. Okay. 
right. We met X Ambassadors, and that was really amazing. Uh, we got to meet two of the three band members. The third one, Casey, was sick, and he didn't want to make us sick, which I'd be fine getting sick if I got to meet the X Ambassadors. Especially if she could say she got sick because of X Because right. of X <laughs> But we got to meet them because they're in the comic book. They signed a couple of comics and posters for us. Oh, that's that amazing. amazing. <laughs> and then my uh, most recent uh, concert was Love Loud. And that is probably one of my... That is probably the best experience I've ever had. Because, one, I went for free. We didn't... We didn't have to pay for the ticket because, uh, because I'm an ambassador for this anti-bullying and suicide association called Stand for Kind. Uh, is amazing. And previously, the beforehand, we actually got to do a rope course, which that was a major bravery moment for me to go up that high. But uh, we went and I was one of the few ambassadors. There are like 40 kids there who actually got to go down by the catwalk. And that was a, that was freaking insane. So, and plus, I was down there by the catwalk, literally right, like, I could have touched Dan Reynolds if I wanted to. <laughs> uh, but um, it was really amazing. And I didn't have my parents down with me. They were up way up there uh, in the actual stadium. And I was down way at the bottom, and I got to experience a concert with just my friends from Stanford Kind. But that was probably the best experience ever. And plus, it represents such a good cause, uh, LGBTQ acceptance. And they raised over a million dollars for LGBTQ uh, runaways and homes for uh, teens and stuff. But it was just really, really amazing. And I just love that experience. So what, what's the name of this organization that you're an ambassador for again? Uh, Stand for Kind. I'm also an ambassador for Girls Rule, which speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Girls Rule. It's well, not about yeah, making, it's sure. about making girls princesses. It's about making them future leaders, business people. Uh, just It's not about making them princesses and making them feel pretty, even though it still is. But it's about making girls powerful and strong independent people that's really exciting so are, are these the only two organizations that you're an ambassador for i believe so it's not like an official thing like oh yeah show you're an ambassador here's a certificate it's like oh yeah we really like you you can represent this uh association sure. Sure. but i'm pretty sure Stanford kind of rules were all the only ones right okay. yeah they so d- definitely two causes that are worth uh, being a part of, Stand for Kind and Girls Rule. I, I really like that. Um, I-, I think for sure, like especially something like Girls Rule, the idea being that preparing girls to be future leaders and encouraging girls to be what they want to be and do what they want to do. And if they want to dress up and play princess that's fine and if they don't want to that's fine too uh they could do either or both or neither of those things so that's pretty exciting um and it's also led you to probably meet a lot of interesting people who are working for the same causes yeah uh the the kids were they were like like 20 or 30 kids from oklahoma 
and they were part of this uh, acting group. And then there was, like, a couple from Texas. I think it was, like, two or three. And then the rest were from Utah. Okay. So... It was it was really fun and diverse the group that was there. I, I would imagine so. Um, and so you you guys are based in, in in Utah, is is that right? Yeah, we are based in Utah. Okay, cool. So um, for sure, I would love for you to tell everybody about your website, where they can find you on Facebook, Instagram, and also where can our listeners read your book? How can they get a copy? Well, um, first of all, the, the, the best way um, that we suggest you follow us is through Facebook. Um, Shelby is actually doing a live, Facebook Live, every day. Um, that's going to be around, depending on what we're doing that day, it'll be around 5 o'clock Mountain Time every day. She'll be doing a live. Okay. Um, so definitely come and join those and be a part of that. And that is at, uh, on Facebook at Sugar Glider Comic Single. Uh, singular. Uh, so you can go and check that out. Um, and then we have Instagram, uh, which is uh, Sugar Glider Comic as well. Um, Twitter is Sugar Glider uh, JM for Jordan McKenzie. Uh, and so Sugar Glider JM for Twitter. Uh, let's see, our website is. Um, Sugar Glider Comics, spelled with an X, dot com, uh, slash home. We'll go to your the homepage. If you do slash the hyphen offer, O-F-F-E-R, we have a special offer right now for those listening to your podcast um, that they can go there and actually pick up uh, the comic book. We have a uh, free comic book. You just pay for the shipping. Uh and then you can also get uh, a collector's pack. We have uh, variant covers for issues one and two. And so the collector's pack, you get uh, four comics. You get both issue one and two plus the variant covers uh, and four posters uh, for a really great deal there. Um, or if you're just a fan and want to read the comic books, we have another pack that is just issues one and two with two posters. Um, so check that out. That's Sugar Glider Comics, uh, spelled with an X, dot com, slash the, T-H-E, hyphen offer, O-F-F-E-R. Uh, and then, like I said, follow us on Facebook. As soon as we get the website to sign up for our uh, our retreat, that will be mentioned on our Facebook. Uh, and then it will also be off of our homepage. We'll have a link on there as well when that happens. That's awesome. So, All right, so I would encourage everybody listening to go and get the first two issues. Um, Let's let's support let's support this comic, everybody. Like let's let's throw some money your way because I would love to see. I've read issues one and two, uh, so has Melissa read issues one and two. Um, I'm excited for issue three. I want to see more about this villain that we've been introduced to. And I want to see more about how Jordan is going to try to help her. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So um, we are going to encourage everybody listening, the whole Leftover Army, please go and support this Sugar Glider Comics with an X 
the offer, right? That's the one that we yep. want to. Uh, and you get posters if you want them, and 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 you get very. I mean, come on, guys, it's comics. We all love comics. Let's do this. Let's let's inc- let's support this if we can. Um, any final thoughts, um, Melissa? And anything you'd like to add? Um, no, I think you covered it. I had a great time. I'm so glad I got to speak with you about this project. I am also looking forward to issue three of Sugar Glider. Awesome. Uh, Shelby, Jason, anything, any further thoughts before we say, before we say goodbye? No, just definitely follow us on Facebook. Uh, check out the offers that we have and uh, look forward to the, the upcoming retreat. Um, if that's something you're interested in. Um, you can drop us a line on Facebook. You go ahead and uh, message us or whatever. Uh, let us know that you're interested, and we'll be sure to uh, to make sure that you're one of the first to know about the website when it becomes available to sign up. Awesome. I had a blast talking to you guys. Um, I hope in the future we get to chat again, Shelby. I, I really enjoyed talking to you today. I really enjoyed talking to you guys, too. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, guys, uh, thanks thanks for listening, Leftover Army. Um, thanks to Brian and Jake for letting me and Melissa hijack the podcast today. This is pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> but after this, uh, we'll, we'll give it back. We, uh, we promise. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Bye.